Well, we spent a little bit of time in 2 Thessalonians 2. I pray it was profitable for you. A little bit behind. We'll, we'll, we'll hustle through here. We've talked through most of these things. So let's go ahead and read uh, from verse 1. Here now, the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. Then wrought Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even everyone whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. And they received of Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it withal. And they brought yet unto him free offerings every morning. And all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came, every man from his work which they made, and they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. For the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it, and too much. And every wise-hearted man among them that wrought the work of the tabernacle made ten curtains of fine twined linen and blue and purple and scarlet, With cherubims of cunning work made he them. The length of one curtain was twenty and eight cubits. The breadth of one curtain four cubits. The curtains were all of one size. And he coupled the five curtains one unto another. And the other five curtains he coupled one unto another. And he made loops of blue on the edge of one curtain from the selvage in the coupling. Likewise, he made in the uttermost side of another curtain in the coupling of the second. Fifty loops made he in one curtain, and fifty loops made he in the edge of the curtain, which was in the coupling of the second. The loops held one curtain to another. And he made fifty tacks of gold, and coupled the curtains one unto another with the tacks. So it became one tabernacle. And he made the curtains of goat's hair, for the tent over the tabernacle, even, uh, sorry, eleven curtains made he them. And the length of one curtain was thirty cubits. Four cubits was the breadth of one curtain. And the eleven curtains were of one size. And he coupled five curtains by themselves and six curtains by themselves. And he made fifty loops upon the uttermost edge of the curtain in the coupling. And fifty loops made he upon the edge of the curtain which coupleth the second. And he made fifty tacks of brass to couple the tent together that it might be one. And he made a covering for the tent of ram skins dyed red and a covering of badger skins above that. And he made boards for the tabernacle of Shittim wood standing up. The length of a board was ten cubits and the breadth of a board one cubit and a half. One board had two tenons equally distant one from another. Thus did he make for all the boards of the tabernacle. And he made boards for the tabernacle, twenty boards for the south side southward 
and forty sockets of silver he made under the twenty boards, two sockets under one board for his two tenons, and two sockets under another board for his two tenons, and for the other side of the tabernacle, which is toward the north cover, he made twenty boards, and there forty sockets of silver, two sockets under one board and two sockets under another board. And for the sides of the tabernacle westward he made six boards, and two boards made he for the corners of the tabernacle in the two sides, and they were coupled beneath and coupled together at the head thereof one ring. Thus did he to both of them in both the corners. And there were eight boards, and their sockets were sixteen sockets of silver under every board, two sockets. And he made bars of shittim wood, five for the boards on the one side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the boards on the, of the other side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the boards on the tabernacle for the sides westward. And he made the middle bar to shoot through the boards from one end to the other, And he overlaid the boards with gold and made their rings of gold to be places for the bars and overlaid the bars with gold. And he made a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen with cherubim made he it of cunning work. And he made thereunto four pillars of shittim wood and overlaid them with gold. Their hooks were of gold and he cast for them four sockets of silver. And he made an hanging for the tabernacle door of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen of needlework and the five pillars of it with their hooks. And he overlaid their chapiters and their fillets with gold, but their five sockets were of brass. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. In the next chapter, we'll talk about the ark. But here we're setting up the place to put the ark. Once again, we're, we're seeing the same progression as it's been described in the Revelation, as it's been described in the receiving of the materials. So now here in the construction of it, it's all the same order. First we build the tabernacle, then we put the ark in it, then we come out of the Holy of Holies into the holy place, we put the furniture in there, then we do the brass altar, then we do the brass laver, and then we do the courtyard itself. Right? All from God's perspective, as we said. As I said, we're a little behind schedule today, so let me ask a couple of rhetorical questions pertaining to this passage that we've just read. Did anyone hear the detail? (laughs) Everybody did. Yeah, that's right. Everybody heard the detail. There are great details here. As a matter of fact, some of those details might be a little bit difficult for some of us to picture as to exactly what is being built and how it's being built. Some who've had maybe a little bit of construction experience or are familiar with some of the terminology. I had to look up selvage, you know, for instance, uh, and uh, tenons and sockets and all of that. You know, we have a joint in woodworking that we call a mortise and tenon. It's kind of like a square peg in a square hole, right? And all of those things, we, we, we look up all of that detail. We, we, we try to understand all of that detail. But really what I'd like to do is rise up from that level of detail for a moment and ask you this question. Where did they get the detail? Well, they got it from God. This is God's revelation. I will be worshipped like this, he says. 
And who is Moses? Moses is a servant in the house. Whose house is it? It's Christ's house. And so let me ask you the question that George Gillespie, James Usher, Thomas Hooker, um, and uh, three Puritan divines of New England and several others asked in, common, in commenting on the book of Hebrews in chapter 3. Is the son over the house more or less interested than the servant who labors in the house? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is obvious. The son over the house has a greater interest in the house because it's his things. He's going to be more interested. And by interested, we don't only mean, hmm, that's interesting. But we mean he's got a stake there because it's his house. He's the son over it. Why then is it that when we come to the New Testament, many teachers of New Testament worship today tell us that when we get to the New Testament, detail doesn't matter. If the servant in the house was given great detail, what about the son over the house when he sets up his house in the days of the New Testament? Why was he 40 days and 40 nights with his disciples like he was 40 days and 40 nights with Moses on the mount? What was he telling them in those days? Things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And so let us then, as Moses and, and Bezalel and Aholiab and all the men that worked under them were told, see that you make it after the pattern. Let us do that as well. In the days of the New Testament, as those who would stand and hear the voice of the head of the church, let us also make it after the pattern revealed May I hold up the scripture before you and say, in the mount, at the word of God. What have we been told? How do we do worship and government and, and doctrine and policy and ministry and so on? Either the scriptures are sufficient or they are not. It really is a binary proposition. Right? Okay. With that then, let's uh, stand and continue praising God.